Byer here, welcoming you to Season 3. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Hey, listeners, it's January Byer. It is Friday, January 21st, 2021. Kind of a palindrome day. Um, and it's interesting... So I did four interviews this morning. Uh, I just read Joan Gregerson's Climate Action Challenge, the book. Uh, I downloaded the workbook right after I did my interview with her the other day and the book, but I had to read the book on the Kindle. And so this afternoon I just sat in the sun and read the book. Uh, I printed the workbook. I, I, I took the book to town. Uh, but I read the digital one. So it's interesting that tomorrow, I think, is the 22nd. So 90 days from tomorrow is Earth Day, April 22nd. 90 days from next Friday, January 29th, which is the anniversary of the launch of the Organic Gardener podcast, January 29, 2015. So I've been trying to think of a garden challenge because usually I launch a challenge on the 29th, almost every year. Um, and for the last few years, this has kind of been the garden goals challenge. The first year we did it, we said pick an herb, pick a vegetable or pick a fruit and um, decide how much of that does your family eat in a season. Because that year I started it like I was teaching. And so I don't think I started it till like June or July. So we said pick an herb or a vegetable. We gave away three prizes, a book to each winner. Um, and it was pick a vegetable or a fruit or and you could enter. And then you had to figure out like if it was broccoli, my family eats, um, you know, a pound of broccoli a week or, you know, a, a head of broccoli a week or three heads of broccoli a week or six heads of broccoli a week, whatever you ate. And what did you eat for two months or three months a season? And could you grow that? Or maybe it was carrots or maybe it was basil or maybe it was apples. Our family eats, um, you know, we have four people and we each eat an apple a day for, you know, so we had to grow 120 apples, so an apple tree or, I don't know. Um, so that was the first year. But then the other years, I kind of created this garden goals challenge that I've run the last few years. But this year, I was thinking of, a, when I talked to Daniel May, he's like, a, maximize your photosynthesis. So I, I just came up with this idea for this green garden goal. So reading Joan's book. Joan's book, The Climate Action, she does this 90-day challenge that she talks you through that starts with um, you build a team. So for one, you're not alone. And uh, and she walks you through all the steps of um, committing to your 90-day goal by agreeing to meet with your team for I think you commit to working on your goal for three hours a week and you agree to meet with your team, I think, once a week. But it's only for 90 days. So if you were going to start next week 
um, you would be done by Earth Day, which I always feel is like a good time to have a project done. I think when we did the free garden course challenge, it started like it was like a six week challenge and it started like March 1st and ended on Earth Day. I think that's what I've done for that challenge. But anyway, here's my, this is kind of what I was thinking. The Green Garden Challenge. Seven days to plan a way to make your garden greener. Number one, increase your photosynthesis. Come around with a plan to turn, make sure your beds have a 24-hour turnaround. Uh, I just talked to Megan Kane about this again. I haven't posted her episode, but I think she was the first one that talks about that, that when she harvests something, she tries to have something else back in that ground within 24 hours. Daniel Mays, again, with the no-till organic farmer, same thing. Patty Armbruster, when she was here this summer, I just felt like she was cringing. This is what, this word started from. I was talking to Mike about what keeps my listeners up at night? What, what are they so frustrated with? And, and, and I think we're all, we want organic, healthy, nutritious food that's affordable. We want to grow some of it. We want to be able to buy the food at our stores to be healthy and nutritious. We want a planet that's growing healthy and nutritious food. Um, And I was reading in Joan's book about how the UN's climate, one of their number one things we can do to combat climate change is get our food waste reduction down to as close to zero. So they were talking about, can you do it in your community? Can you do it in your... Now, it's funny. In my head, food waste to me, reducing my food waste means I'm throwing my compost, my food scraps in my compost bin. That is literally what I picture that means. I'm not sure that is what it means. It might mean, let's quit throwing the produce that doesn't look good at the grocery store and the garbage, but maybe that's what you want your 90-day goal to be if you do one of these green team things. You're going to figure out by Earth Day, how do we get our produce management? Who knows? It could be like a phone call. It could be a simple thing. It could be finding someone to pick it up for the chicken scraps. They could be doing it for all I know. I don't know what happens to the produce in the grocery store in Eureka. I know it is something that goes through my head. I haven't... um. Dump, re- re- release my interview I did with this local girl, Erica Tucker. She's one of the very first students I ever taught way back in 2003. Now she's running a greenhouse. She has like a six-year-old daughter in second grade. <laughs> it's crazy. She, I taught her when she was in fourth grade. Now she has a second grader and a, and a little boy. But she was talking about how frustrated she is. We don't have a, a recycle program here in Eureka. I'm like, oh, maybe Erica could be on my team. One of the things that's held me back is I'm in and out of Eureka. I can't really commit. I'm here. I'm sitting here waiting on a phone call about a job that, again, I could be back to driving every day. Um, so I'm, like, hesitant to take on any commitments. But, all right, back to my green garden challenge idea. Seven days to plan a way to make your garden greener. Increase photosynthesis. Come up with a plan to turn your beds around in 24 hours. That's where I always struggle. I either don't have my plan in place or I have a plan, but I don't have the right seeds. Like, I don't have my materials gathered or... 
I don't know, whatever you're, you know, we'll talk you through that. We'll help you come up with your plan. So your bet, I feel like I've learned a ton this year, reading all these no-till grower guys' books and talking to the no-till growers and listening to Jesse's podcast. But reading Daniel, looking at the pictures in Daniel's books and Andrew Refford's books really makes a huge difference in helping me visualize it. I want to say Patty Armstrong maybe had a slide somewhere where I saw a squash Plus, my friend Lisa gave me squash seeds. Plus, Patty, when she was here, was like, you should put squash there. And, like, now I can see, like, next summer, one of the big things I'm going to focus on is planting sunflowers with a squash cover crop base. So I'm not so worried about getting these squash plants to produce squash for me to eat, although that will be great. But it is a great cover crop, and I was able to collect all these seeds from these three squashes my friend Lisa gave me, so I'm pretty sure they'll grow around here. I know where I'm going to put them. I have places where I'm going to put them, and then I think they'll make a great cover crop around the sunflower seeds. Um, and I got my bird fork from JM48. So my goal is to like, hopefully around our fence line, how pretty will it be if I can have sunflowers and then squash around the base? I don't know if it will happen. Another thing I was thinking, so one is increase your photosynthesis 24 hour turnaround to growing season pollinator plan. Do you have something blooming from early spring to late fall? If you listen to my interview with Andy, oh, he's a doctor from Oregon. He runs the pollination podcast his name is like Andy Paulinopoulos I can't remember but anyway he talked about one of the biggest things is do you have something blooming from the early part in the spring straight through all the way through the summer and into the fall because that will really make huge difference in the pollinators in your garden and who did I just talk to the other day was telling me their garden was just buzzing with pollinators and bees the other day um, whereas ours, we were really short on pollinators, bees, insects. We have a huge shortage. Mike and I keep talking about how few insects when we drive to whitefish, there's no bugs on the windshield. And then we were talking about, you know, a few months ago, there were all these articles in the paper about the bees, uh, the birds just falling out of the sky. And I kept thinking it was the smoke and the fires from California because it was like these migrating birds in New Mexico and weird. But Mike thinks it's the lack of insects. And I've had several guests come on and say it's the lack of insects. Like, there's we're killing off our insects. And the pollinators need a place to live. Um, if you listen to my interview with Mary Reynolds, you can learn about what an arc is. So step three was, can you share the knowledge? Can you put in some arc signs? Can you build an arc? Be part of her patchwork quilt. Can you donate 20% of your property to getting back to nature? Uh, day four would be talking about green manures. And day five was cover crops, which are kind of the same, but can be different. Um, day six, growing local, one fruit or vegetable you wouldn't buy in the 2021 growing season. So again, that's what I was saying. Our first year, that was the whole challenge was you picked a fruit or a vegetable or an herb. You said, maybe we're going to make 25 batches of pesto one every other week. We're going to eat and put in our freezer. How much basil do we need to make that much pesto? Um, and, and figure out, you know, how many packets of seeds do you have to buy to make that much pesto? Like pick just one th I, I mean, Mike has it where I pretty much can avoid the vegetable. I took a picture of potatoes the other day. We picked our first potatoes on June 
first or 13th this year or something, sometime in June, I am not going to have to buy a potato in the grocery store. I've pretty much not had to buy anything except for lettuce. My big struggle is lettuce. But like, is there some, like, there's no more powerful feeling than getting to skip something in the produce aisle. And then maybe, and this was my last one, was buy organic. Pick one product that you will purchase the organic version of for 2021. Like a couple of years ago, we committed to buying organic oats. Maybe just last year. Just recently, we finally said, that's it. We are not buying oats that aren't organic no more, you know. And so we've been buying bigger 25-pound bags of organic oats from um, the health food store. I mean, we've been buying turbinado sugar for I don't know how long. And that stuff's super expensive. But, I, just, you know, we're not going to bring white sugar. Mike bakes way too much. So we buy a ton of sugar because he does bake a lot of our goods. But then we started buying organic chicken food. So maybe if you're saving on your basil that you always eat pesto, you will um, be able to buy an organic thing of raspberries from now on or find, I don't know. Anyway, it's an idea I was kicking around. I wanted to know what you think. I also just had to say something about the election. I mean... If you if you aren't feeling better, I hope you're feeling better. I hope your anxiety levels are going down. But I was also in the post chat this morning. I did four interviews. I was talking to um, sorry, I did four interviews. Joanne Shaw, she has a radio show. I think it's called Down the Path. Um. Anyway, we were talking afterwards for quite a while about she's in Ontario about what it's like and and how the election. She said she really enjoyed listening to my show and being able to hear a show that talked about addressing climate change and they wanted to do that in their show and um and how much, you know, did you see the poet laureate? If you did not see Amanda Gordon, if you're not following her, if you're not buying her books and supporting her, she went to Amazon bestseller number one, two, and three. She's written two books, three books. She's a like 23 year old poet who just spoke so eloquently. I mean, she just in that yellow coat looks so wonderful. Um, just an amazing human being. It, it completely reminded me of the first time I heard Obama speak back in 2004. Like I was just sitting, working on my computer. I, you know, watched Kamala's speech. I watched J-Lo sing. I watched Biden take his oath. But then this girl came on and I was like out of my chair at the TV, watching, glued to it, listening to every word. I think I've heard it three times now. It's so powerful. It's so lovely. It's the way to move forward. I mean, you've got to listen to that speech. Um, and just I was really impressed with how elegant they made it. I hope the world is going to be a better place. I hope we're going to come out on the other side. But I like the way in the beginning of Joan's book, she talks about, you know, the fires in Australia, the fires in California. We can't go back to normal. We have to move forward. What would Greta do? We changed the name of the Organic Gardener podcast from uh, the Organic Gardener podcast to the Green Organic Garden. And and Joe, Jeff Lohenfelds came on that day and talked about what would Greta do. Uh, while I'm on my mic, as a side note, Mike and I, since Montana went to um, 
what's it called? Uh, they decriminalize recreational use or legalize recreational use. You can have a, I think, four plants and an ounce of marijuana or cannabis or whatever, flowers. People have been asking us, how do you grow this? How do you do this? So I was going to replay. So if you hear Jeff Lowenfels come out and you hear Jeff Ditchfield from the Cannabis Cultivator, because there's a local grower around here that I know that said that that was the book they followed. They really like the Jeff Ditchfield. So I had him on. He's down in Jamaica because can't. He he's really um, also big on growing the Rick Simpson. He just wrote a book on medical cannabis. You know, there's that Rick Simpson cannabis oil I keep reading about, even on WebMD, proven in laboratory animals to kill cancer cells. I mean, we've got to get that plant out there. I would love to see it in backyard gardens growing as much as, like, who was it that talked about? the? Was it um, Craig Lujulier who said the number one grower of tomatoes in the United States are backyard growers. People grow more tomatoes. I mean, cannabis, hemp, CBD, whatever it is, it's good for the soil. It's good for people's health. It's got lots of benefits. Uh, you know, if there are negatives to it, we need to explore them. We need to educate people. There's some funny show called The Mayor with Ted Danson that just came out where he eats these two gummy bears and gets loopy. Well, we need to regulate that, but... Um, it's interesting. I'm doing a lot of research into like what what has happened in Colorado and Washington. Did the are these states really seeing this uptick in you know DUIs and all that things? And and there's all sorts of like conflicting research and reports. And it's like yeah, there's more people with you know marijuana the accidents that have marijuana in their bloodstream, but there's no proof that they were actually stoned right when the accident happened. Because, you know, it's going to be, there's more people have access to it. But if you eat two gummy bears when you came home from work the night before, it's still in your. So anyway, there's all sorts of like weird evidence out there. But it, I mean, it does look like um, they're not really having the problem. You know, there are more people visiting the emergency room because they're eating like these super powerful gummy bears. Um, and they don't realize what they're eating. Plus they take like 30 minutes to get into effect or they're smoking too powerful, but you know, there's all sorts of crazy questions out there, but what we need is evidence about them. But anyway, the, what I was trying to get at is people are asking us, how do we grow this organically? I feel like we've had a huge uptick in questions about that and just what are we 20 days into? So if you hear those, I was thinking of replaying those. Um, but mostly what I just wanted to say is, you know, so thankful um, Ossoff and Warnock somehow miraculously, like, I'm almost just like, what? How did we win? And we've got control of the Senate for two years. Somebody said to me, they're like, you don't think more Democrats are going to get elected in 2022 or 2023 or whatever it is? And I'm like, no, I think we will. it'll flip right back to the Republicans, you know. What have we done here in Montana where we have all Republicans, legislature, and we've got a new governor? What they get done this week? We got a carrying concealed weapon on the campuses, our universities now. The first thing they pushed through this week, um, concealed carry weapon is now legal on Montana campuses. That's what we focused on in our legislature in Montana. But 
Um, but that being said, you know, I do think our nation is starting to heal. I hope you feel better. I just wanted to say something about that. I've been really trying to dial in our water. Like already, I go back and forth one day. I have these super ambitious goals for the summer and spring. And what am I going to plant? And I'm like, you got to dial that back. You got to dial that back. You're not going to get all that done. And then you're going to be frustrated. And what are your biggest focuses? And I definitely want to focus on snapdragons, zinnias, marigolds, sunflowers. Um, I bought... 10 pounds of lentils and 10 pounds of farro. Hopefully Mike will plant a lot of that, but I am going to feel pretty comfortable with these organic lentil seeds, throwing them in here and there, trying to figure out how to use them as a cover crop. I was talking to Jesse Frost about it a little bit this morning. Um, been trying to pick up some tips, how I can, I, I like that way of like being able to broadcast a big handful of, of seeds um, I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot of failures this year, but hopefully I'm going to have a lot more successes. I'm trying to figure out what to do about the lettuce thing because I'm still, again, frustrated. I don't have enough lettuce. So curious what your frustrations are. Hope you're enjoying the Grow Lives with Patty and I. Um, if if you have any ideas for what would be a garden challenge, like what kind of garden challenge would you like? Do you like that green gardener challenge where there's eight days where we walk you through how to be successful in all those areas? Is that too much? Am I asking? Gee, I I kind of I like that first one. We did that first year. I think maybe we should stick with that. Pick something that you grew, uh, that you eat, that you really like to eat, that you're going to grow enough of that you don't have to buy it in 2021. Ooh, I don't know. That would be too hard. Maybe that's too easy. Maybe that's a good one. Maybe we can do the whole green one with the seven days. Maybe you want something completely different. Um, was there something else I was going to say before I got off this? I hope you're enjoying season three. Uh... I hope you're enjoying the Grow Lives with Ask Patty and Jackie. If you have questions, make sure you're submitting them. We'd love to see you on the Zoom chats with us on Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock Eastern, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central. Um, you know, there's an Organic Gardener podcast forward slash Patty uh, page that links to like, um, it, it goes to the first one we did the seed starting on the very bottom. You can watch it. Um, you can submit your questions on that page. It's always the same form. I'm working on getting the zoom link sent out in an email. If you're on the email list so that you will always have the same zoom link. And so each week it will just go to that one zoom link. It will always be in the same meeting, kind of like Kathy at the yoga after yoga, like you just get the one email and then you're always, we always, I, and so now I have it bookmarked, but I can always go to that. Email. So if I'm not home or wherever I'm at, I just open that first email that I flagged and, and it's always got that same zoom link. So we're always at the same place. So I want, we're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, what else can I tell you? I just hope you're enjoying season three. I hope we're going to come out on the other side of 2021 in a, in a greener new world, again, like Alexandria Casio Court says, says the work is upon us. It's, you know, local change comes local. 
Oh, yeah. So, again, if you started your 90-day challenge, if you buy that book and workbook from Joan and work through a challenge on your own, in your own community, because she's very much about going local, she's like, you'd be surprised if you put a post up in a Facebook group and say, this is something. But she also walks you through trying to figure it out, because, like, Eric and I want to get a recycling program going in our community. We used to have one that's kind of fallen away. There's no plastic recycling here since 2018. We want to find out about getting that. We're both frustrated with that. Um, So I'm going to maybe see if I can get Erica to be on my team. And then who else can we get? Um, So maybe you want to start your team. But if you wanted something that ended April 23rd, maybe that's what I was going to talk about, failure. So one of my challenges, I did that walk your one-off run your ass off challenge in December, I realized was I should have made it about time and not miles because the time it takes to walk for me to walk two miles in winter is a lot longer than it takes me to walk two miles in summer. And I was having a hard enough time walking 75 miles a month in June, July, and August to think that I was going to walk 93 miles in December, no matter what the cause was just, you know, I, I over challenged myself and then I failed and I didn't meet it. I barely made 60 miles in the month of December. Meanwhile, I walked probably longer because it took me, you know, there were a lot of days where it was taking me two hours to walk two miles because of the ice and the snow and whatever. I don't know. It was just hard for me. So I wish, so if you come up with a challenge, make sure it's a challenge that you're going to be able to meet. Don't make something like if you have, and you know, in the organic oasis guidebook, I have a timesheet. I think you can download that timesheet somewhere, but it like talks about, you know, are you going to be taking your kids to swimming lessons? So you can't, you know, weed your garden or you can't water your garden. Like make sure you're thinking about your commitment. And I also talk a lot I mean, when I start this Running for Confidence podcast, and I talk about my running season really goes from March 1st to the end of June. It used to go two weeks into July with the end of the half marathon. And if I only focused on the half marathon and running during pretty much those four months, March, April, May, June, I could do it. But I can't focus on training for a half marathon every month of the year or nothing else is going to get done. I mean, I already usually have a full-time job and my podcast, you know, if, um, I, you know, I have other commitments and I think that was also why I struggled with the Ossoff Warnock challenge. Cause I had just come off the Ruth Bader challenge. I did 87 miles in October, but again, I probably walked just as many minutes in December. So it's making sure your challenge is going to meet your time frame, the amount of time you have committed. That's what I like about Joan's 90-day action plan. Um, so if you're thinking of starting an Earth Day festival and, and creating an Earth Day, I mean, she talks about the benefits of an Earth Day festival. I mean, it's the climate action challenge, but she talks about how we're not going to move the needle in this climate ballot by waiting for our elected officials. We have to get it together and do it ourselves. Just like Mary Reynolds said, make a patchwork quilt, do it on your property. Whether all you're doing is planting a plant this year, eating locally, or you're going to support a CSA, whatever works for you. But if you can find a team, you might be surprised how much further you can go with a team and Joan's book. I, and it only took me, I think two hours to just go read. It's a 300 and 
30-page book. I just sat down and read the whole – there's the book and then there's the workbook. And so I just I just read it quickly on my iPad. Um, and now I'm talking to you. I took a whole bunch of screenshots of some pages. I do wish I had the actual hard copy. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things she says, to tackle plant-rich diets, you could change your own diet. But you'll have a much bigger impact if you start a plant-based meal prep exchange, a vegan potluck, or plant-based cooking club at your school. So I was laughing because here I am trying to start this, you know, salad subscription thing that the Bootstrap Farmer, which I made my second batch of salad things and realized one thing I'm not going to do is put the sunflower seeds on the bottom of the glass, the sunflower seeds. The second batch, I tried that, and they're all stuck on the bottom of the glass. Um... She talks about Winona LaDuke. Once you start making change, others see it's possible. That's what creates transformation. Um, rights versus responsibility. Robin Wall Kimmer. In Western thinking, private land is understood to be a bundle of rights. Whereas in a gift economy, property has a bundle of responsibility attached. Protecting rights is right, right? Um Joan says, yeah, well, there's definitely more than one way to look at this. During Climate One Radio interview, Dina Julio Whitaker explains that Western culture is based on rights, property ownership, and individualism. In contrast, indigenous culture is based on responsibility, ceremony, and right relations with all of life. This clash between rights and responsibilities means that Western law focuses on protecting the rights of property owners and corporations rather than holding as sacred the responsibility for ensuring clean air and water for generations to come. These are just some quotes from Joan's book. Um, she also talks about Eco Schools Action, forming an eco action team, conducting an environmental audit, creating an eco action plan, monitor evaluate progress. Creating eco code. Where was what the eco code was? Eco Schools USA example. Students with a passion for sustainability are easily easily recognized by their green capes. With the support and guidance of Lisa D. Will, founder of Green Team Superheroes, the team develops lifelong leaders in sustainability through student-led real-world projects. Using the EcoSchools USA Pathways to Sustainable Development Program, the team conducts audits, delivers presentations, and runs school-wide challenges. With a green team superhero assigned to each classroom, this model helps with the school by not only being an eco-club, but also helping to create an eco-community. They receive the 2019 President's Environmental Youth Award. So if you're looking to something to do with your school, she talks about adding, you know, getting help from a coach. This is what I always feel like. My mom doesn't understand why I want a coach to help me with my fitness goals. But she says, if you're trying to quit cold turkey smoking, your chances of being successful is like 3 to 7%. If you use a nicotine patch, it's about 20%. If you add coaching and a nicotine patch, it's about 50%. What if you could double the impact of your initiative by adding coaching? So getting somebody to help you walk you through your challenge. And that's what Joan does and she has all these like summits where you can get help from her you know just by joining the summit um she talks about a community of faith that stopped using styrofoam at their church seminars um she talks about you know making small asks developing a relationship through small specific 
ask. Um, ask people for a pledge to take asking. Kind of like you get your little I voted sticker. How about a we love pollinator sign? Take a pollinator protector pledge. You know, it could be just that simple. It's kind of like, like I was saying, could you put an ARC sign up um, and tell people about Mary Reynolds' great thing that's going on? Um, talking about making conscientious shoppers, helping them make decisions. Uh, this is about how frustrating it is to go to the grocery store, shop for vegetables. Nearly all of them are wrapped in plastic. I want to buy nutritious food, but I'm inadvertently also supporting the petrochemical companies that are producing plastic. When I get home and I'm around my veggies, I have few other options than throwing the plastic wrap in the trash. Who's responsible? Where do we focus? So finding out those answers, but working with a, a group. Uh, this one has something to do with 80,000 school students. The biggest thing, oh, so part of the 90-day challenge is if you're going to do like a, um, this is a zero-waste nonprofit eco-cycle group, but if you're going to have an environmental day or something, trying to get 200 people to show up or you want to get an action put in place, get, can you get 200 people to show up for your council meeting? Like, she's got specific steps in here. Instead of being like, what do we do? Like, she walks you through everything. And if in 90 days, imagine if this Earth Day, you could be like, hey, I just spent the last 90 days meeting with a team in my local neighborhood. One day a week, I'm going to dedicate three hours to this. This is the project, and we're going to be done at the end of 90 days. And then you're going to feel good all year that you did your contribution to Earth Day. That's why I'm on my phone right now talking to you, recording this. Who needs us? We are the solution for blank. What information? Who needs your services? Who needs your solutions? There are going to be people that are like, yeah, we are so glad you did this. She even talks about it. <coughs> Imagine yourself surrounded by a hundred partners who've been looking for you, are jumping for joy, so happy to have found you. Um, oh, she's even got the big hairy audacious goals. Would you rather advocate for sustainability at your school do you want your school to be the award-winning, 100% renewable, zero-waste, 100% organic farm-to-cafeteria sustainability career leader in the country in 2040? All right. Well, that's – if you're there, awesome. But maybe somebody on this phone call, on this podcast listening, that is their big audacious school to make the school in their community or, you know – Denise Juno, who was a Native American who um, went to school, graduated from the Browning High Schools where I taught on the reservation, then became the superintendent in Browning, is now the superintendent of schools in Seattle. This year during the pandemic, she's been there for I don't know how many years now. I mean, this is a Native American woman from Montana who is, you know, and now she's doing that. That's her big audacious Goals. So whatever you're out there doing, whatever change you want to see, I hope this has inspired you a little bit. Like, you know, Stacey Abrams spent 10 years and and you're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to kill some plants this summer in your garden. And I'm going to. I'm trying to dial in. What can I do? The other day I said, you'll hear at some point me say, I'm going to grow 5,000 sunflowers. But then I went through and I don't think there's any way. I do not have the space for 5,000 sunflowers. But maybe 1,000 this year. Maybe 2,000. There was the 
the one year I planted 750, I'm pretty sure I've got three beds that will hold 350 some flowers each. Definitely marked, you know, I built two new beds with my broad fork last year. You know, I like sunflowers because the seeds are big. They grow pretty strong. They're pretty hardy. We get good rain in the spring. They do pretty good in the summer. Um, they're good for the birds. I'm about to buy my third bag of bird seed uh, for the winter, and it's only January. They're going through it like crazy. We have a ton of birds, which is awesome. Since I'm home, I get to watch the birds a lot. So, anyway, it is January 1st, 2022. Can you believe I just talked for 35 minutes? I don't think I've ever talked this long on an update on my cell phone. But these are just some of the things going through my mind. Um, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am that you put you know, your earbuds in and listen to me in your car, your garden, wherever you are. I know it's more because of my amazing guests. Although, without a doubt, the challenges are the most downloaded episodes. Like, they almost have double the numbers of any other episode. So you must like the challenges. You might must be looking for a challenge. If you want to send me a question or you have any ideas about the challenge, um, you know, it's ORGP, ORGpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I also get, you know, Mike's email, mikescreengarden at gmail.com, ORGpodcast podcast at gmail.com if you have any comments i will try to uh come out with the challenge by next week but then of course i thought i was going to be working on it and was going to be releasing it this week i don't know but anyway in case you were wondering earth day is 90 days away and I always plant my sunflowers on Earth Day. If I don't get them in the ground by Earth Day, they don't go to seed. And they almost all bloom in August. It doesn't matter if I plant them in June or I plant them in April. They pretty much bloom in August, and uh, but but they don't all go to seed. And I'm mostly planting bird seed. So uh, don't forget, get your seeds. You know, Baker Creek, I think, has you know, had to take their website down a couple of times already. People are running out of seeds. Johnny's has run out of a lot. You go to a lot of sites and they're out of, you know, the most popular, especially the organic seeds. Um, I'm going to be releasing an episode with Emma Briggs here pretty soon. She's this young kid up in Nova Scotia who's got some tomato seeds for sale. I don't know. You can find her on Instagram. She might be sold out by now, but it'd be fun to support her. Um, Loving our broad fork and our t-shirts from JM Fortier, uh, Growers and Co. And uh, I hope you like the Grow Lives. So thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. Here's to 2021 and coming out on the other side. Let us know what we can do to help you grow local. Hey, listeners. It is me on the mic. It is actually Friday, January 22nd. I just wanted to put this call out. I hope you'll join us tomorrow on our Grow Live question to answer with Patty and Jackie because tomorrow she's going to be answering questions about how to invite beneficial uh, insects into our garden and unfriend the pests. So if you have questions about this, there is a form that you can go to if you go to Organic Garden Podcast forward slash Patty. It's just the same form every week. You just pop your new question in there so it doesn't change 
This week's question is, again, about pests and insects. But any question you put up there, we will answer. If you want to join us on the Zoom chat live tomorrow, um, you can. there should be a link there. Patty's been posting it on Facebook. I am going to try to get an email out to the email list today. I will try to... I'll put it... Uh, I don't know if I can put it in the show notes. Maybe I can try to put it in the show notes. Um, but I invite you to join us. It's lots of fun. Patty loves to answer your questions. You know she's full of a wealth of information. So tomorrow we're going to be talking about the popular topic of how to invite beneficial, friendly insects into our garden and unfriend the bugs or pests that are eating your vegetables. I know you don't want to miss it. Saturday mornings, 11 Eastern, 9 a.m. Montana Standard. Uh, we can't get on YouTube Live yet, so it is a Zoom link, a Zoom Live. But if you haven't done any live Zoom stuff, it's been pretty fun. Going to Kathy's Laughter Yoga has been um, a fun part of my week, I think, because it's live. I've done, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Hope you'll join us. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening. And remember, grow local.